Good morning. My name's morning. Linda Potter, and I'm really glad to be here. Um, I had an insight, which is not in the text, when I was eating my cereal this morning at 7 a.m. So I'm going to start this um, sermon, homily, sort of in an unorthodox way. And yes, I know Nathan's over there saying, yeah, so why should I be surprised? So what I'm going to do with you this morning is what we do every Wednesday when we gather together as a staff. I want you to lay aside your newspaper. I want you to put down your cup of coffee and take the last bite of your, of your toast or your English muffin or your eggs or your so whatever. And what I want you to do is pay attention to your body. Does your nose itch? Do you have a headache? Is there something going on in the back or the shoulders? What about your knees? What about inside your tummy? Notice your body just for a moment. Just notice it. Don't try to change it. Just close your eyes and notice, take notice of your body. And then breathe in, breathe in, breathe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I once read about a computer game for children. It's called Zoom Beanies. Yes, believe it, it's really, that's really the name of it, Zoom Beanies. The Zoom Beanies are a tribe of people and the point of the game, of this game, is to move the tribe from one place, from one homeland, to a new homeland through a series of obstacles, things that get in their way from moving from one place to the next. And parenthetically, it makes me think about the state of our human American tribe that we're in today and are trying to move, if you will, from one institutional homeland to another, but that's for another time. Apparently, one of the most fun parts of the game comes right at the very beginning when you get to create, the player gets to create their own troop of 16 Zumbinis. They, they receive, the player receives this round body, and it's blue. If you remember the Smurfs, it's that kind of blue. It's blue, 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 blue body. And then the player gets to choose how to create that body, the hair and the eyes and the nose and the feet, creating an innumerable number of creatures with whatever combination is pleasing to the player. Have you ever thought about how much fun God must have had in creating you? Have you considered how much it delighted God to choose all the different components that go into only you? 
oh yes, I know we talk about genetics and heredity, and some would say that our personality is hardwired into us. And in the beginning, in the beginning, God created humanity and placed within each of us gifts and talents, the nose and the face and all the parts of us, ways of being that are uniquely and individual. No one has duplicate combinations exactly. And it is, I believe, to this unique person that Jesus appeals in today's reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. He says, I appeal to you. That's us. Brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, those of you who have been attending the dean's class, reading other people's mail on Robans, are traveling Paul's theological road. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, has spent the last few chapters exploring the core elements of God's relationship with humanity, God's perpetual call of life, and the human resistance. How we as humans can find our way back to a God who waits for us, who waits for us, who longs for us to return. And thus an appeal to present ourselves, our bodies, as living sacrifices. Paul never forgets that we are embodied creatures. Everything we think and say and do somehow has connection to our body. Presenting means that we need to be aware that is through this body that we've been given, whatever shape, we express our heart and our soul and our mind. I have to say, I find this exhortation um, a bit intimidating. Um, I mean, let's face it, when most of us, well, at least when I look in the mirror, um, I'm reminded of my imperfections. What does it mean to offer a somewhat pudgy body to God? A body like mine who is scar that's scarred from surgeries. Skin that is wrinkled with wear and limbs that don't quite do what they were created to do anymore. So what does it mean to offer our bodies as living sacrifices to God, especially when we consider the ancient sacrifices of the people of Israel who presented their animal sacrifices as thanksgivings and sin offerings in the temple in Jerusalem. Those offerings were, quote, perfect in every way. In the first century, an act of worship often entailed the ritual slaughter of an animal. So I wonder Perhaps for me, maybe for you, in today's context, perhaps we could use instead of the word sacrifice, the word offering. You see, because I believe because of God's mercy, because of God's abundant, incomparable love, we can present, we, in response to that love, we present our lives, our bodies, a living offering to God. I read something recently that um, 
stuck with me, um, and it, I think kind of fits here. Uh, it, it's a series of questions, but sort of um, um, random and yet pointed. The writer says, do we need to go on a diet to please God? Do we need to enroll in the local gym to be an acceptable living sacrifice? Do we need to have all of our limbs attached and have everything in perfect working order to be holy? What about those of us who, through no fault of our own, are a bit less than those supermodels that grace the pages of our fashion magazines? And what about those of us who've been a bit careless during our life and have, as the writer says, as a result, soaked, agitated, rinsed, and spun out? Are those of us who've made, well, at least questionable choices, are we without hope? Are we unacceptable at the table of God's presence? Well, clearly, it's not some form of bodily perfection that ultimately matters to God. This talk of responding to God's mercy by offering our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, must mean something even more than being able to meet some sort of standard of perfection. Some standard of good looks and health or an exercise regimen that we can't attain to. What's going on here? If it's not just about a body, then what? What about the offering of our spirit? What's the nature of my spiritual body? What's the shape of your spiritual body? Is it pure and unblemished? How is your spiritual body reacting to regular exercise and engagement in the routines of prayer and meditation and Bible study and worship? And this one, I think, is for me. When I look at my spiritual self in the mirror, what do I see? What is it? you and I are offering to God. These metaphors of the human and spiritual body are just an attempt to help us have an understanding of what is being asked of us. And when I ponder, when we ponder, maybe, maybe you don't, but I, when I ponder some of this stuff, what I have to offer, there's this little voice in the back of my head that says, not you, not good enough, no, 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 no. You're mistaken. You're mistaken. Maybe you find yourself saying, hearing that voice as well. My friends, I think the exciting part about this passage is that what we discover is God wants all of us. All of us. 
all of us, all of me, all of you. The places where we shine and the places where we're faded, attributes of accomplishment and challenges of conduct, the test of holding back and the freedom of letting go. God receives every crevice of who we are. And then God says, it is good. It is very good. When we surrender all that we are and all that we have into God's hands and care, we are in fact responding to the mercies and love that God has so abundantly showered upon us. Jesus' life and love is a model for us, a model of the complete offering of living sacrifice. Our offering, our sacrifice, our spiritual worship is a response to the life and love given freely on our behalf. That's what spiritual worship is all about. The offering of all we are, everything, the good and the bad, the perfect and the imperfect, to God. And God uses all of it to God's glory. I think about some of the living sacrifices, the faithful offerings that I have witnessed throughout my life, but particularly in the last few weeks. I was touched deeply in my heart by the nurse cradling those three premature infants in the midst of the Beirut bombing, and she held them close to her chest, and she ran three miles to find care and safety for those infants. I think about the child when I was wheeling my dad uh, into a store one time. My father was nonverbal. And this small child came up to my dad. We did not know the child. The child came up to him, patted my father on the hand, and said, Hello, mister. I think about tears shared with a friend and the loss of a loved one. And I think about hearing these words, someone saying, thank you, sir, to the gas station attendant. We all have opportunities to be that living offering of God's mercy and love to the world around us. And with each offering, the world is changed, and so are we. Know that God delighted in creating you, that God delights in you still. Live into who you truly are. Uncover, recognize, recover your gifts, and then use them with abandon to the glory of God. Margaret Evans, one of our pastoral care team members, shared with us at our last meeting a poem that she had written, and she's given me permission to use it. It is her prayer that I share with you as I close. May it be our prayer as well. She's entitled it, Lift Them Up. 
Let us pray. Today I prayed versus worried. What a difference it made. Praying for hearts full of love and a desire to serve. Prayers for people to feel heard, respected, valued. Lifting them up to God versus worrying about stories that might happen or not. I believe in God's love and grace. We are his hands and feet. I believe in people feeling heard, respected, valued. My prayers touch a web of people and actions that connects us all into a community of caring. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen.